Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Spen and Nick, and boy, oh boy, what a game against the Sixers last night. I mean, I know it was just preseason, but everything that happened, wow. I mean, Ben Simmons, am I right? <laughs> I mean, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Well, no, the joke is Ben Simmons isn't with the team. Although I did see a report from yeah. Woj. Do you see that report from Woj that Rich Paul is talking to the Sixers? I did. So I, I told my co-host of my other show, Two Hours No Traffic, to New York Sports and Philadelphia Sports Podcast. Uh, I told my co-host, who's from Pennsylvania, I said they're going to work it out where he's going to play this year with the Sixers, Ben Simmons. And um, I, I just had a feeling because there's no way he's going to sit out and get fined. They can't trade him. So I said to him last week, I'm like, look, he's going to come back. They're going to He's going to cave, but this is going to be his last season with the Sixers but he will be in a Sixers uniform. So it's just funny to see that it's trending in that direction now. Um, by the way, we were talking about the preseason game last night against the Sixers. We're recording before the game. We were unable to watch. Unfortunately, Nick had to go get drinks with his friends in the city. Therefore, we had to record the show. Unfortunately at, uh, for you, but it was pretty fortunate for me. How were, how were the drinks, by the way? Mm, delicious. Great. So we're not going to talk about... One time I ordered a Cosmo, and I didn't know it was pink. Great story, Nick. We're not going to talk about the game last night between the Nets and the 76ers, but Patty Mills probably looked sharp. Cam Thomas shot a bunch of shots, and um, Tyrese Maxey plays for the Sixers. Fantastic. Sound sound about right? All right, moving on. Uh, I want to get to the recent Kyrie news. I want to get it out of the way. So stupid. It's just stupid news. Yes, but we cover the Nets, Nick, and and unfortunately... No, I know. We have to talk about it. I'm saying it's not stupid that we're talking about it. It's just stupid that it's happening. So for the first time in a while, Steve Nash was very candid about everything. He he said that I think we recognize in regards to Kyrie, he's not playing home games. Um, So we're going to have to for sure play without him this year. It just depends on when, where, and how much. Uh, you know, right now, as it stands, he cannot play home games at Barclays. We all know that. Based but, on the New York COVID mandate. But before this because week. Because he is unvaccinated. Right. Before this week, you know, we just weren't sure if he was going to play road games, how the team would would feel about that. Now it seems like Nash and the Nets are open to Kyrie only playing games on the road. Uh, Nash goes on to say, we're just starting to navigate this. A new rule comes in Friday, and here we are. We're trying to look at the big picture, the near term. Right now, I'm not sure that we have many answers. We're just trying to re-implement him back into the training arena and get his body right and make decisions as we go from here. So very interesting stuff. I, I mean, you know, Urban's been able to practice with the team in, in a certain capacity when, when they're in certain facilities. Um, he was at practice, Brooklyn's practice in the park, which we'll get to a little bit later in the show. But I just want to start off by saying, by saying, how do you feel, Nick, if our third best player only plays road games? Do you think that will mess up the chemistry at all among the roster? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I went on like a full rant about this last week, if people were listening, uh, about how this is just like 
Kyrie doesn't owe anything to us as fans, but he owes the people he works with. This is his job, his organization, to get this figured out. Now, everyone looking forward to this season as a championship season because of last year, all the injuries, like this is it. We were ready to go. All the stars were aligning. Literally, all of the superstars were healthy and aligning on the court at the same time. We picked up all these veterans. Marcus Aldridge is back. Patty Mills is on the team. Cam Thomas is kind of uh, uh, looking like a pretty great and athletic rookie that can come off the bench and provide a spark. So everything was working out perfectly for this Brooklyn Nets organization going into the 21-22 season. And now this happens, right? And now the team is having some dysfunction. I've seen multiple news articles and reports use that terminology, the dysfunctional organization and planning of this Nets team. Now that our third best player, the third superstar of our trio might only play 50% of the games. Is this going to affect the chemistry? Absolutely. Is it going to affect our record? Absolutely. This is going to affect everything going into this season. It's terrifying as a fan. I would be furious if I was a coach, a player, or an admin, not not even related to the vaccine, just related to the team that we built, that we put together. What are the Nets going to do? They're not going to release him. They're not going to trade him. There's nothing at this point they could do except suck it up and pretend it's okay, right? So they are making the best of a stupid, awful, ridiculous situation. They're going to have to bite the bullet. If he's only going to play road games, they will take it. They're not going to bench him. They will play Kyrie when they can, uh, and they'll be full, full throttle 50% of the time. So I, I'm not going to uh, uh, go off again, but it's just more so at this point disappointing as opposed to uh, as opposed to being angry because it's just disappointing how good we could be. But we might only see that full team 50% of the time. So I, I guess when push comes to shove, I'd rather Kyrie play in 50% of our games than in 0% of our games. Do I think that the chemistry will take a hit? Yeah, it's a little weird because when you're home, more guys will get more minutes. We'll see more of Patty Mills, Bembry, Bruce Brown. Maybe Cam Thomas will crack the rotation. And then on the road, obviously, you'll see Kyrie eat up all those minutes. Um, I can spin this and say that, you know, as long as something changes before the playoffs, maybe a law is is changed. Maybe, you know, the new um, – I think there's uh, – there's going to be an election for New York. And if the new mayor comes in, he, he might, you know, change the rule. We can possibly have a fresher Kyrie Irving for the playoffs. That's one way to look at it. Um, but no, I, I mean, there, there's not a, a you mean a fresher play- Kyrie Irving for 50% of the playoff games. Yeah, that's a good point. Unless they change the rules, what I'm saying. Right. A couple of hypotheticals. Um, look, uh, Nets Twitter is kind of split on this, right? You have a ton of people who are annoyed with Kyrie. They want him to get the vaccine. They, they, since day one, since this article, since this controversy came to light, you have this, this group of Nets fans who are like, Hey, Kyrie, you're being selfish. Get the vaccine. Then you have another group of Nets fans who are like, look, this is what he believes in. This is what he he thinks is right. He's just staying true to his word. Um, he's doing everything he can to play without getting the vaccine by showing up to practice, by possibly playing in away games. The Nets are so deep. They're so good. You know, they'll figure this out even with Kyrie playing 50% of games. And then you have this other smaller group who's kind of just like the Nets should do whatever they can to allow Kyrie to play. If that means moving out of Brooklyn, if that means protesting, that's a very small group. And I don't really agree with them. But regardless, it's it's a weird kind of thing where Nets Twitter is not in harmony right now um, on this specific subject. I will say that the fact that Nash is sort of talking a little bit more about it now, I, I like to see that. I like to hear Nash be a little bit more candid. I get a little bit frustrated when I see the the media grill Kevin Durant. 
and they're just like, yo, what do you, what do you think KD? And he's like, guys, do I want Kyrie here? Absolutely. Do I, do I know it's going to happen? No, I don't. We're going to have to, you know, wait for it to play out, but the Nets still view Kyrie as an essential part of this team. And until that changes, there's just not a lot more to discuss. You've heard that won't change, and that's not going to change. There's never going to be a point where the Nets are like, "Hey, wait, we're good. We have Cam Thomas." Even though I think you said that like two weeks ago, you were like, "Oh, I'm not worried about Cam Thomas filling this role." Anyway, I don't want to be such a negative Nancy because I think we should try to twist this into a positive. Your name we... begins with an N, by the way. You could just say negative Nikki. Yeah, but that's not an uh, that's not an expression. So I'll say two good things that can come out of Kyrie playing 50% of the games, even though I don't really believe this. One, he'll, like you said, he'll not only get more rest for playoff, he'll get more rest in between games. He'll be pretty much fully fresh for every single road game and really reduce his chances of injury. The second part is I guess we could take some sort of, uh, of solace in knowing that he's resting home games where we will have an advantage playing in our home court in front of our own fans, right? Now, if Kyrie was missing road games, I would say that's a little scarier because we're more likely to lose those games on the road in other stadiums, in other cities, with other fans. So really trying to make the most of a tough situation. But if I had to find two slight positives, that's what I would say. Now, I don't want to be the – I don't want to hinder Kyrie's freedoms. I don't want to sit here and tell him what to do. So I will say – Good for Kyrie for sticking by what he believes in, even though me, you, whoever may not necessarily believe in the same thing. Yeah, great. Well, well said. Um, The final thing I'll say about this, and then we'll move on, is Kyrie suffered a devastating injury to end his season last year against the Bucs. You know, he landed on Giannis's foot, messed up. I think it was his ankle. It was a really bad ankle injury. And um, he spent a lot of the summer rehabbing and and getting that ankle healthy and for everything to just kind of turn out the way it has been recently with, with him practicing here, not practicing there. He hasn't been able to play in a preseason game. We did not watch the Sixers Nets game last night, but I'll tell you what Kyrie Irvin was not allowed to play in it. It took place in Philadelphia and I believe they also have stringent um, vaccination rules. So again, it's not going to be every away game because certain stadiums Kyrie will still need a vaccination card. And I know at Los Angeles is one of them. Um, and so, so we're looking up. at maybe 20 to 30% of games he'll be able to play. Yeah. yeah it's just, it, it's an unfortunate situation. Cause like I said, Kyrie rehabbed a lot this summer. He, he got back to a place where I, I think he thought he was healthy enough to, to give it a go at the start of the season. And unfortunately we just have this vaccination uh, law rule, whatever you want to call it in which he can't play in certain stadiums. One of those being his home stadium. I believe so, it's called a mandate mandate. There you go. Uh, isn't that when a guy goes on a date with another guy? No, I believe that's called uh, a man meat. Man meat. Okay. <laughs> wow, I got manmeat.com. <laughs> I got I got to freshen up on my terminology. I'm really uh really out of date. All right, we're going to move on, Nick. I did watch the Friday night game against the Milwaukee Bucks. I believe it was Friday night. Could you could you fact check me on that? Um, but it was it was a good game. The Nets won it in, in a close one. What was the score? The score was 119 to 115 Nets, putting the Nets at 2 and 0 on the preseason and Milwaukee Bucks at 0 and 2. So, a few notes from this game. Giannis did not play. I don't think any of the uh Bucks stars played. We did see KD and Harden on the court a little bit. KD looked fine. We saw him uh play for USA Team USA after the playoffs. We know what he's going to do. Harden came out a little bit rusty, a few turnovers, a few missed shots. He looked a little bit chunky. 
I'm not going to lie to you, Nick. He looked a little thick. No, didn't you learn this last year? He just wears a bunch of padding underneath, so everybody thinks he's going to be slower than he actually is. There you go. Is what it is. I, mean, I don't think anyone's worried about Harden shaking off the cobwebs, but uh, you know, hopefully when the regular season starts, that, that rust will be all the way off. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. I just want to clarify. Is he fat, covered in cobwebs, or rusty? Because I'm really confused by what, how you're describing him. He was, looked a little chunky. He played a little rusty. He is not covered in cobwebs. Okay, thank you for the clarification. No, no worries. Uh, it was nice to see our buddy Joe Harris, who ended the season against the against the Bucks on a very down note. He started the game five of five from three. Turns out he can actually hit shots against Milwaukee. Wow, he crushes it in the preseason. That's valuable. <laughs> uh, and then the last two notes I had, Patty Mills is going to be an absolute weapon. I did not know he had that fast break three in his arsenal, but he has a very quick trigger. If he's got any space, he's going to pull it. I'm very excited to see what he can do, especially at home when we don't have Kyrie Irving in the mix. I agree. I like Patty Mills. And I also want to give a shout out to Javon Carter, 13 points, uh, two and two. I mean, this guy is really trying to earn his minutes, his minutes. Like I said to you at the beginning, his, his minutes. Uh, I love Javon Carter. He's an athlete. Uh, he's a hustler. He's a grinder. He's a glue guy. He's a glue stick. He's a sticky guy. Uh, I just think he does all the little things. He's a little bit comparable to Bruce Brown, like we mentioned, just with not as great of a touch as Bruce Brown. He's also a solid defender. They're, they're different players. Bruce Brown is a slasher. You're not going to ask Bruce Brown to take guys off the dribble. The difference being Javon Carter has a nice handle. I don't think Javon Carter is looking to take it to the hole in a lot of plays, but he's a smart player. He can he's hit the capable. open three. Well, I capable. guess we'd say Javon Carter is kind of like – uh, a mix between Patty Mills and Bruce Brown and a little bit of a downgrade. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, shout out to Javon Carter. And then my final note on this game was Cam Thomas will not stop shooting, even if he's missing, which is good and bad, I guess. You know, if a guy's really off, you, you might want him to stop shooting. But then again, the, the old saying goes, shooter's going to shoot. Uh, and, and it actually and worked out for him. going to boot. I think he was three of 10 from the field, but the final two shots he took were like huge shots in the fourth quarter. He had a step back three, I think it was. And if you watch the video and it was a very uh, clutch three to close out the game, essentially Steve Nash's reaction. He just looked around and he said something to someone behind him, almost being like, what did I tell you? I told you so. Um, like he'll, eventually, was, he'll eventually hit it. It was nice to see how confident Cam Thomas was. I mean, listen, uh, it, I, yeah. I, if I'm the Nets organization, if I'm Steve Nash, I do want Cam Thomas to keep Huckings in the preseason to find his rhythm and to find his confidence. So if he has that fearlessness now, I'm guessing the team told him not to stop, right? He's going to have to find his rhythm. He's going to have to find his shot much sooner rather than later, especially if Kyrie is not playing at that one position. So if Cam Thomas is now going from maybe playing 7 to 10 minutes a game to 20 to 25 minutes a game to supplement Kyrie and Patty Mills uh, uh, and, you know, whoever else is going to get minutes at that in the rotation, Bruce Brown, uh, uh, Joe Harris, kind of all those guards there, he better kind of find his game quickly, right? So I have no problem with him shooting. I'm glad he found a stroke at the end. I'm glad Nash is pushing him to do so. Yeah, overall uh... – okay game for the Nets. It was not as dominating as their first game against the Lakers. Um, and then on the other side for the Bucks, the not Thanasis at the Decupo had a dirty foul on DeAndre Bembry fast break layup fouled him really hard for preseason. It was kind of a Bush league play, but that's just the way he plays. I guess you can't really get mad at him for that. And then uh, I think his name's, could you fact check me on this Jordan Nuara? 
he is a really yeah. good player. I, he came on for the Bucks a little bit late in the season when they needed guys to step up. He, he had a few big games for them. But he is someone who, if they keep him in that system, he is going to be a name that you will hear in the NBA because he can flat-out score that guy. I mean, if you're a college basketball fan, he played on Louisville. Uh, he's from Nigeria. Uh, he was a Nigerian basketball player, actually born in Buffalo. I'm sorry, but Nigerian-American. Played at Louisville from 2017 to 2020. Second-round pick, 45th overall by the Bucks in 2020. Uh, went down to the Salt Lake City Stars in the past season and now kind of earning his key. But I agree, just a, a solid player, and especially when those guys – and the same thing with Cam Thomas, right? When this is your opportunity to step up and you do so, that's what earns you minutes in the regular season. So good for Noir. All right, moving on to this past Saturday, the Brooklyn Nets did their traditional practice in the park. Nick, what's the park that they have it in? Brooklyn Bridge Park. Uh, right under the Brooklyn Bridge, some of the best pickup basketball you will find in Brooklyn. And since I was unable to go, I had to go check out a wedding venue. I'm sure you and your friends went. How was it? Uh, we actually did play basketball there that morning, but the tickets got uh, booked within 45 minutes of Oof. them posting them. And Eric, my roommate, who was in charge of getting them for us, signed on about 15 minutes after it was completely sold out. But we did get to see the whole setup. Well, the security was insane. I think if we stuck around, we probably could have watched from like 100 yards out. But at that point, you're not really a part of it. But some of the pictures and some of the videos looked incredible, especially a KD. It looked like he was loving life with his little snow cap beanie on. It was just crushing it. Yeah, it, it looked like a really cool event. And, and before we get into the event, you're really going to blame Eric for that, huh? You're going to go on the pod. You're going to blame roommate Eric. Absolutely. And you really want to complain when you gave a playoff ticket away? Okay, all right, all right. right. Time out. We're not going back down that road. Um, No, I I saw a ton of pictures. I saw a ton of videos. Uh, Friend of the program, Mike Biseglia, was there with his his kid and his father. They had a blast. Uh, Shout out to Bad Weather fans. That's Mike Biseglia's show. He also hosts an Uber Eats podcast. Diehard Nets fan, at Mike Delivers on Twitter, if, if you're not already following him. Uh, saw saw his pictures. It looked like a really fun event. Keith McPherson of Talking Nets. They were always, you know, Talking Nets is always at these events. So, so shout out to them for for uh, for being there and taking some great pictures and videos as well. Um, next year we will go. I will make sure that I am available. I come out to Brooklyn. You and I will be at the next practice in the park. But I think it's just a really cool event that Brooklyn puts on. You know, you, you saw some of the fan interactions. I saw uh, Kyrie Irvin who was at practice in the park. He signed something for a kid. He actually he took off the, his own jersey, signed it, and gave it to, um, I believe, on Twitter. His name is Jay from BK. He gave it to his son. So you just love to see, you know, the Nets players interacting with fans like that. I think another, maybe it was the same little kid or another kid went up to Kevin Durant and they said, "You're my favorite player. You and Kyrie are my favorite players." And KD laughed and said, "Thank you very much." Claxton was out there shooting threes. Nash had his warm-up gear with the team. It just it was a little like half-court shooting competition that looked like a blast, too. It looked like a fun event. And then the Nets hand out uh, swag, and, and, and everybody walks away with a ball, a towel, and everything. So we're sorry that Fireside Nets couldn't be there this year. What I will say, though, is I was yes. at the court that morning of the event, so I saw pretty much everything before the players got there in the actual practice itself. But some of the employees of the Nets organization got there super early and were watching me and my boys play pickup while they were waiting for the Nets to arrive. And uh, we did not disappoint. And you didn't think to go up to tell them, hey, I host a podcast called Fireside Nets. We're sort of a big deal. No, sorry, I was balling out draining threes. How'd you guys play? Did you win? Uh, We crushed the first game, and then my hangover kicked in in the second game, and I was completely out of gas. 
man. Uh, hot, uh, what is it? Hot seat, cool throne. You're on the cool throne because you drink. I appreciate that, brother. All right. We're going to end the show with a little bit of non-basketball talk. We're entering the fall. We're, we're heavy into October. Obviously, the NBA season's coming up. But I think the fall is some of the best time for some great shows, movies, what have you. So I wanted to go over three things that me and Nick have watched recently that we want to try to recommend to you. If you're into these sort of shows, check them out. My, my three are shows. What are your three? Hobbies. What? No, I meant are they shows or movies? Oh, a uh, mixture of both. Okay. Okay, cool. So I'm going to start. Um Something you guys should check out if you have Apple TV is a little show I like to call Ted Lasso, starring Jason Sudeikis. Uh, He was a football coach in America for a college. He was this world-renowned coach from the Midwest. He he took a a Wichita State, right? Wichita State, I believe. He gets hired by this uh, Premier League soccer team, knows nothing about soccer. Everyone in England thinks it's a joke, and it's just a very feel-good show the the humor it's it's quick wit um and and i record, really like it. record nomination for emmys this show and the one thing i'm going to say is try not to fall in love with roy kent i dare you to watch that show and not fall in love with that man he is one of the best characters on tv right now Played roy by kent brett goldstein who won an emmy for his performance roy kent he's here he's there he's every fucking where roy kent we'll bleep that out after after the show What's your uh, – give, give me – you want me to go all three or you want to go – we'll go one and one? I could jump in. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, it's a classic. If you know Sean Connery, the original James Bond, this is the last film he has ever made. And he actually passed away in the past few years. So RIP Sean Connery, the best James Bond, our father's favorite James Bond. He's a James Bond fanatic. He's in a movie called League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I want to say it was 2006. You could fact check me on that. Uh, and it's really just a, a series of unlikely unique interesting, talented characters and superheroes, even some super villains that must come together to save mankind for the greater good. Jekyll and Hyde are in there. Dorian Gray from the book of Dorian Gray. Uh, there's a vampire. Um, who is it? Captain Nemo of the Nautilus uh, exhibition story. So all these really famous fictional characters come together to save the world. Uh, what I will say is it has had mixed reviews and Sean Connery actually cited it as the reason he quit acting but i highly yeah what's it up? has a 5.8 out of 10 on imdb yeah listen okay it's sometimes, not for everybody sometimes the critics get it wrong so league of extraordinary gentlemen i warn you you will have to pay for it it is not free anywhere <laughs> but you will not regret this there is a new james bond movie coming out a role that sean connery made famous but we're sitting here talking about the league of extraordinary gentlemen Yes, which gets to my next point, that me and Seaver, my roommate, are actually going to host a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen party in Brooklyn at some point. Stay tuned. I bet Eric's going to somehow screw that up. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) All right. Second thing you guys should watch, it's on Hulu. Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. It's called Only Murders in the Building. Very clever show. Um, If you like those old-time comedians, Steve Martin and Martin Short, and you also like this new school, uh, Selena Gomez, I I think her name is. No, I'm kidding. Selena Gomez is great. She's famous. I've never seen her act but because I didn't watch her show on Disney Channel, but she's excellent um, in the show. The chemistry that she has with Steve Martin and Martin Short is 
as great as I think the Nets chemistry will be when they have their whole roster on the court. So only murders in the building. It's a comedy. It's a mystery. I think you guys should watch it. It's on Hulu. Hey, I haven't seen that show, but thank you for the recommendation. I'll definitely check it out. I'm a, I'm a big fan of those guys and Selena Gomez. Huh? What a catch. Am I right? All right. My next film uh, is on Netflix. I'm not sure if it was recently put on Netflix, but it was recently recommended to me. So I watched it. It's called abduction. It's a 2011 thriller starring Taylor Lautner and Lily Collins. Okay. Basically here's the gist. Taylor Lautner, like has always questioned his family's like situation, right? His parents are super weird to him. His dad's kind of always training him and fighting with him to get him stronger. You find out Taylor Lautner's parents aren't his parents. Don't spoil the movie. No, like that's in this. That's like what you find out, right? Oh, okay. And he's actually been a, he was a missing child like 15 years ago and nobody ever in quotes found him. So him and Lily Collins go on this crazy ride to discover his true identity. We have guest appearances from Sigourney Weaver. We have an appearance. Jason Isaacs plays his dad. Uh, we have um, Alfred Molina. Did you mention that? Alfred Molina plays the CIA agent. And I don't want to say the last one who ends up playing his someone who's important to him. Hint, hint is a famous actor. Uh, that I won't give away, but very fun movie. Very, it's romantic. It's exciting. It's suspenseful. You and your girlfriend or boyfriend or significant other or partner should snuggle up, have a nice bowl of popcorn and watch abduction on Netflix. Uh, abduction also received a 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. So listen again, it's a very selective film. It's not for everybody. If you really are into these sort of things, you'll like it. If you're not, you won't. All right. And the last thing I think you guys should watch um, and unfortunately, you can't watch it until December, but – oh, no, actually, you can watch it. It's called I Mostly Blame Myself. It's a sketch comedy show that my brother Nick ha- created. He has episodes on YouTube. You can check it out. Search I Mostly Blame Myself. And he has a live show in Manhattan that will be taking place on December 3rd and 4th, correct? So that's Friday and Saturday, the first weekend of December – Uh, If you can't get tickets for that show because it sells out relatively fast, don't worry about it. Nick will be doing shows for I Mostly Blame Myself once a month, twice, one weekend each month for the entire year in 2020. So theoretically, it's twice a month. Thank you for the shout out. Well, listen, that's something I think that people should watch. I think it's funny. Thanks, brother. There's two episodes out on YouTube and our uh, live show taping will be released over the next month or so as well. It's a full hour live show that I'm currently editing and will be put on our YouTube channel. It's called The PSA Show. I was also an executive producer on episode number one. It's true. And there wouldn't be a two. There wouldn't be a two without a one and there wouldn't be a live show without a two without a one. So, uh, you know, I appreciate you being there from the start. Thank you very much. And final thing you think people should check out. Hopefully it's not a movie that's under six out of 10 on IMDb. Um, You know, Spen, to each their own. Okay. Uh, My last show is actually going to be a rewatch. It's called Seinfeld. And it was recently put on Netflix after a long awaited bidding war between the streaming platforms. Now Seinfeld, obviously our parents and our parents' generation, late eighties, mid nineties, love, 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 love that show. It's historically, statistically, the most successful sitcom of all time. But I think our generation, uh, millennials and a little bit younger, have not had access to watching it uh, and do not appreciate it as much as the older generation. So if you have not already, my roommate, Eric, who's actually not a bad guy, uh, started watching Seinfeld from the pilot uh, today. 
on Netflix because now it's you know on there in your face, highly recommended. And he's just cracking up, laughing in the background. So if you have not seen already, really what Seinfeld did was open the door and open the gates to every other successful sitcom style, you know, multi-cam from How I Met Your Mother uh, to then single cams like Scrubs, New Girl. Uh, you know, even community, all these shows were influenced uh, by Jerry Seinfeld and by Larry David creating such a masterpiece. So check it out on Netflix. What's the deal with the Brooklyn Nuts? Nope, 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 nope don't do that. Kyrie Irving, is he vaccinated? Is he not vaccinated? I don't know. That's horrendous. That is just pitiful. Anyway, um, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I'm on record saying that if you watched Friends over Seinfeld in the 90s, I don't think that you deserve to be able to watch television. You probably, honestly, you shouldn't have friends. There you go. Um, all right. Although I do like the song. It's like, I'll be there for you. I mean, you. they have a great theme, but how do you not like Seinfeld's open? By the way, my favorite character in Seinfeld, can you guess who it is? Newman. Jerry Stiller. George Costanza's father. Uh, well, no Ben one... Stiller's father in real life. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. R.I.P. Jerry Stiller. He was my favorite part of Seinfeld. Every single episode he was on, I was always cracking up. All right, Nick. That wait, wait, quick question. Who's yes. the dad in King of Queens? That was also Jerry That was Stiller. also Jerry Stiller. <laughs> he just relived the same role. Wait, who, to... is, who is Derek Zoolander's agent in Zoolander? I think oh, it was, it was Jerry also Stiller. Jerry Stiller. Yeah, there you go. Uh, also, I want to recommend to everybody, uh, if you're Matt Damon fans, I just watched the Matt Damon um, Hot Ones episode that came out within the past couple months. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not, you know, Hot Ones is a fine I'm not show. not crazy it's cool. about that show. It's fine, but Damon, it's like 25 minutes. It's an incredible interview, so I, I recommend that. I don't like the shows that the shtick is the same exact thing every single episode. I mean, it's funny, though, to watch, like, your favorite celebrities react to Hot Ones. Guess, My only complaint like, about that show is the host sounds oh, so Sean, like, whatever his name is. Like, yeah. Matt Damon's, like, talking like a homie, like, hey, man, like this, and these guys like, well, yeah. Matt Damon, thank you for coming on. My final question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't love that guy either. You know, we know someone who works on the show. Joe. I mean, I don't want to say it on the pod, but he's related to one of our cousins. That's such a vague. All right, we'll talk. I'll, I'll tell you offline. I'll talk to you offline. Um, all right, that does it for this week's episode of Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick. Thank you guys for listening. Quick shout out to DeAndre Bembry because he did not play last night. He had a dental procedure, so we hope he's feeling good. We all know how crappy it is to go to the dentist. Um, hope, hope he's recovering and, and he'll be ready for the regular season. Shout out to DeAndre Bembry. R.I.P. I mean, sorry, uh, get better. What the hell's wrong with you? I was so used to the R.I.P.s. We kept saying R.I.P. to everyone. Well, he, he's he's going to rest in his sleep, and then he'll wake up, and he'll be okay. He'll be alive. He just had a dental procedure. That's fair. All right, Nick, you want to take us home? Yeah. I'll be there for nope, nope, you. Nope, that's, nope, that's friends. Because you're there for me. That's, no, we're, we got to do the ending to Catch Fireside Catch you Nets. on the fireside, because you're there for me, too. I'll take it.